All right, hello and welcome to Zero Hanger TV for the 2023 AFL trade period wrap-up. Mitch, we did it. We got through it. Yeah, done. Uh, obviously a long... Well, it's only really a week and a half. It's only a week and a half. Two weeks, close to... It's, it's one of those weird ones. Yeah, well, obviously, and I say it's a really... The busiest week of trade period is actually like the week before it starts. Like yeah. That's when chaos kind of hits. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of know what's coming. But, yeah. but a lot of stuff really ramps up in the week before. There's always surprises and we, we probably had two to three that we weren't expecting. Um, and a lot of them popped up in that week, but some even popped up in the, in the trade period that we'll, that we'll discuss. But I think it was close to 35 players, moved clubs, uh, heaps of picks, obviously. Is in, that a busy first. period or is that a... Um, compared to others it's it's probably par yeah um a lot of kind of like fringe players though like compared to last year last year's trade period i don't think we'll see anything like it again yeah just given the caliber of players the kind of some of the picks like you look at the top of the draft order last year and like i think it was like four or five of the top six or seven picks ended up being you know traded and, and moved so uh, and then you had, you know, Brownlow medalists and, and best and fairest and all Australians flying across where this year, um, you know, uh, probably a lot of role players. Uh, there was a, a few big, bigger names uh, and then maybe they were through free agency um, or, you know, some surprising guys like Jack Ginnivan uh, and Taylor Adams uh, and Brody Grundy. Uh, so there's some bigger names in there, um, but they, you know, they're not these huge deals that are costing clubs two first rounders like we've had before so uh yeah it was probably on par uh i think we kind of spoke a few months out that whether it was going to be a fizzer or not um and i think maybe some of these late deals like a jack billings a jack Ginnivan, uh a taylor adams that we didn't see coming um are probably the ones that are kind of added to the week in a bit um but but, but yeah a lot of these guys are probably role players that are going to add a bit of depth. And you kind of see that in a bit of a merry-go-round way is one mm. club loses a midfielder and thinks, oh, maybe we've got to bring one in, um, even though you know, you're know you just trading future thirds in between. So uh, yeah, look, it was obviously quite busy still. It doesn't stop no matter who's up for grabs or or um, how many clubs are getting involved. Uh, and yeah, it was it's kind of good to get to the end and now focus on the draft a little bit. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, let's dive into it. So we're going to go through every club in alphabetical order. We'll chat about the key-ins, the key-outs, and uh, what's next for each club. Um, So yeah, let's dive in. So first off the rank, obviously, Adelaide. Uh, Chris Burgess in. uh, Tom Doty, probably the big um, free agent, the big talking point for Adelaide. Yeah, so they get picked 20 as compensation. They would have been pretty happy with that. Um, And they did a pretty decent deal to get Burgess in and even increase their draft hand a little bit um, in that trade with the Gold Coast Suns. So that was pretty promising. So the other player movement for them was Shane McAdam leaving. They lost some picks in the, in the mid-20s, but um, their draft hand reads is 10, 14, 20. And then if they want a fifth round pick, they've got that at, at their disposal as well. But three picks in the top 20, you know, that though, you know, pick 10 might move back two to three spots. Pick 14 could move back three to four spots and pick 20 could move back four to five spots. So it's going to be interesting to see how that finishes up. But no, they, 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 I think they did quite well um, to, you know, bring in Burgess. So they get some support after losing McAdam or yeah, there might be different players in a way. Mm-hmm. They lose Duday, which they probably wanted to keep. Um, but I think they'll be happy with the compensation they get. And then on top of that, James Borlase maybe gets a new deal given they, they didn't do too much else to their back line. Uh, Elliot Himmelberg was expecting to get a move, but that was only going to come if they could add another forward in, which they didn't. So he'll stay on for another year before he hits free agency. Um, and then I think the Crows also got in Melbourne's future second round pick, 
to add to their 2024 hand, which will help them uh, in next year's draft when they when they look to get uh, Tyler Welsh in, um, who's a top-rated father-son prospect. Um, so they'll be yeah looking to move a few picks around potentially before next year gets underway uh, over the coming weeks. Yeah, so not the not the biggest names coming in. I have them as a rise up uh, next year to sort of rise up a few. Um, spots on the ladder just based on how they went this year and you know obviously lost those close ones they could have been playing finals so um yeah interesting one from adelaide anything else to add on to no no i'm with you i think that they're one of the clubs that should be coming on the up but at the same time there's probably half a dozen of the clubs that finished in the bottom 10 that really should be coming up Mm -hmm. quite strong um whether it's off the back of this trade period or off the back of what we already saw from the season um and they were obviously quite unfortunate not to make finals so have they improved their list i don't think so going off their their trade plans but from the i guess um you know line that they were already moving on with a young core group um was pretty it should have them in good stead still um you know there was that frantic 48 hours where they could have got clayton oliver and that would have been quite different but um no they'll, they'll be quite happy i think with with the outcome of their trade period sets them up well for both this year and next year's drafts um and yes they're a, they're a top eight contender next year as well so they're, they're yeah like i said they're in good stead yeah absolutely that um that 48 hours where they almost took clary i think <laughs> aged me about 10 years so all right so moving on to brisbane so uh key ins uh tom Doty, obviously uh brandon ryan key outs tom fullerton uh over to the d's and jack unston yeah, so uh, you know they moved on a fair few picks. They were a pretty busy club, Brisbane, in the end, just with some deals here and there, but most of it kind of centered around key position uh, assets. So as you mentioned, Tom Duda in for nothing is is a big tick for them. Yeah, um, big win. He obviously had some good interest from Victoria, and being a Victorian, that's a, that's a big coup for them. Just given you know they're managing to pull a guy who's already interstate into a into a new state that's not his home. So that's that's great for him. The Brandon Ryan one was a bit of a shock obviously the the gunston trade request came in um you know less than a week out from Mm. from the deadline so that kind of would have i think blindsided all parties uh involved and um the lines were smart to kind of just push for ryan very quickly they they had kind of mentioned they had an eye on him you know ahead of this year's mid-season draft you know they didn't have a pick for that count so you know, they might have looked for him then, um, but when Gunston wants to leave and you've got Tom Ford and gone, then it, it can't. The, the Ducks kind of lined up quite nicely, um, and yeah, I think they get in a really good, cheap, um, tall forward who can also ruck. You know, he's going to be behind the likes of um, you know what McInerney, Danaher, Hipwood, and Fort. Um, but there's going to be opportunities for for him for sure. I think at some point next year. And he had some good stints across his three games. Oh, it was really two and a half games for, for the Hawks, including three goals against Collingwood in round 21. So that's an interesting one. Uh, yeah, obviously the Gunston one, it was, yeah, couldn't really see that one coming uh, mm. late, even late into the piece. But um, he got his wish to go back to Hawthorne. It's, it's obviously a uh, bit of a blow for Brisbane given their, their plans, but they've done well to get Ryan in. And as mentioned, Duda at the other end of the field is going to be quite nice. When they've already got Andrews and Payne and Gardner and Leicester and um, find that they found that McAdam replacement, so that's good. And Fulton, um, look, they were pretty open to just parting with him. They, you know, he didn't really get a look this year. Uh, he's kind of in that role will kind of be taken up by Ryan, um, and he'll he'll have to fight for the, for the spot that that Fulton mm-hmm. couldn't quite get either. But uh, Melbourne do quite well, and that we'll, we'll speak on on their trade plans in a little bit. But um, yeah, quite quite a balanced one for Brisbane. I think they'll be they'll be happy with with. You know, not having to give up all that much 
um, yeah. and still kind of you know balancing out their list nicely after finishing in a grand final. The one that probably isn't mentioned is Devin Robinson and retaining him on a, on a new deal and not losing him to West Coast. So um, really strengthened their depth, get a new starter in, in, in Tom Duday. Um, so yeah, that's that's very nice for for the um, lines. I think they do lose a little bit of experience with Gunson going out and then you know Rich retiring. But yeah. um, I think they're at that point now where they're just a very strong team and the experience isn't too much of a loss. And, yeah, and Gunson's only been there well, for I guess, a year. Well, anyway. the Gunson thing's interesting. Like he didn't he missed the middle part of the year because of form. So that mm-hmm. kind of goes to show that you know he wasn't always a best twenty two player. Well, too. well, that too. Um, but then even by the by the time the grand final came around and he was actually fit to play, they they didn't name him despite him being like you know their most experienced finals player. So that was quite an interesting tale in his first season, and mm-hmm. obviously he was keen to get back and he's he's returned to Waverley. So um, yeah, I think it's all worked out well for for all involved in that one. Yeah, nice little holiday up north for Gunston. All right, so moving on to Carlton. So um, Elijah Holland's coming across to join his brother. Um, and then Keyard, Zach Fisher, Paddy Dow. So interesting period for Carlton as well. Yeah, for sure. This was um, there was a few good trades. I think the the one with Fisher, where they kind of packaged him and and one of their earlier selections or their earliest selection, um, and kind of got two later ones. But I think they're still you know second rounders. Or um, that was that was a really even deal. I couldn't really figure out who won it. And then I think you kind of just get to the point that it was just a win win deal all up. Um, North got the player they wanted and got a decent pick back, gave up a couple extra draft picks that they probably might not need given they've got five first rounders and now one of them being that Blues one. So that, that was a really good deal, I think, for both parties. The one that used the term fleeced gets gets used a fair bit. I think they did really well to get Elijah Hollands for what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was pretty much some straight pick swaps. Um, you know, they might have moved a couple of spots in, but for a player who was a top 10 draft selection three years ago, uh, hasn't gotten a great run. He was one of uh, the Suns' best performers in their grand final win over Werribee in the VFL. Um, yeah, no, they've, they've done very well, I think, the Blues, just to to just step, like, there's, they don't really have to steady anything, but just to, um, you know, get their business done, you know, allow Fisher and Dow to, to both leave, did okay in what they got for, for both those guys, and then also um, do quite well with the, the Hollands deal, works in their favor nicely. Um, you know, their 2024 draft hand will be something they have to place some attention to with um, you know, Liam Camparelli and Ben Camparelli, those two boys, um, you know, potentially first round. I think Liam's probably, you know, one of the better players in next year's draft and, and Ben not too far behind. So that's going to be really interesting to see um, how they kind of work themselves for 2024. But they've set themselves up nicely um, off the back of this trade period. Yeah, not much to add there. Just, um, yeah, keep the Blues train rolling. So... Now across to Collingwood. So a bit of action, a lot of surprising action um, for Collingwood this uh, this trade period. So bringing in Lockie Schultz um, from Fremantle, very good move. I rate um, Schultz a lot, which I think, you know, pushed that Jack Ginevan, that shock Jack Ginevan um, trade out. And then obviously losing Taylor Adams as well, which is another big shock early in the period. Yeah, they weren't supposed to be a busy club mm. and they were kind of the headliners. They couldn't. <laughs> they just come off that premiership high, and uh, kept themselves in the headlines with with these three deals. So the Taylor Adams one was a big shock. Like mm-hmm. I kind of mentioned too, it's the week before trade period starts where yep. shit starts to hit the fan. Um, and the Adams one was obviously huge uh, for for the Pies. Um, you know they didn't probably get a heat back in return, but you know for Adams, um, you know probably is you know still best twenty three player that just didn't feature in the grand final through injury, but you know an aging player who got now gets you know 
better opportunities at Sydney. Pies fans were quite happy to, you know, bid farewell. You know, they're obviously thankful for his time at the club. It wasn't a, a good to see you go, but, um, you know, they're very appreciative of, of what he's done at the club and the position he's gotten them to over the, the last decade. Then there was the Schultz move, which it sounds like the Pies just did really well to get on top of quite quickly. So there was like a, you know, a request coming in Sunday night and it was known publicly by Monday and the Pies were the ones right in the front of the queue from the get-go. Mm. Um, you know, there was supposed to be interest from Hawthorne earlier this year. There was interest from Hawthorne quite strongly, I think, in 2021. And he, he admittedly actually almost went to the Hawks um, before re-signing with the Dockers. But it was it was, seemed to just be, you know, one-year deal after one-year deal off the rookie list and stuff that that added to the frustrations and then he wants to come to Victoria. So Collingwood did fantastically well to get access to Lockie Schultz, who I think a lot of people have mentioned is is, you know, probably one of the better players that's been picked up this trade period um and then yeah the you know after a math of that has seen jack ginevan leave so funnily enough goes to hawthorne who were keen on schultz so that's you know great deal for the hawks to get ginevan in you know, he's, he's a 40 goal forward mm-hmm. um certainly can be uh next year um you know it's 20 years old he's young he's got the potential um there's a few knocks on him here and there but um you know, he's exactly what they wanted after losing tyler brockman and the Pies got that future second round selection from Hawthorne, which, you know, you'd think might be early 20s, probably mid-20s after, you know, there'll be more father-son than academy bidding next year. So that the, And plus North Melbourne's two compensation picks. So that's like a mid-20s pick. Um, so, yeah, Collingwood fans will be very happy. Um, they lose Ginevan, but they had chills come through. They lost Adams, but they've got guys like McRae and Ed Allen that are knocking on the door. So they're, they're yep. well set for a premiership defense next year. Yeah, um, Gittemann's going to be one to watch. We'll get in, We'll get into that when um, we get to Hawthorne. So, um, yeah, let's move across to Essendon. So, a lot of free agents um, for the Dons. So, they signed Goldstein, Mackay, and Gresham. Uh, and then late uh, in with Dersma, which is very surprising. Uh, and then the Zerk Thatcher and Ambrosio uh, deals got done quite late. Yeah, probably the busiest club Um Maybe not from a trade perspective, but yeah. obviously free agency, they, they got some stuff done As quite always. early. Yeah, first day of, of trade period, they got their free agency business um, all lined up nice and quickly. So Goldstein and Mackay joined quite early and they eventually got Gresham done. Um, you know, And then literally in the final you know, 10 minutes of trade period, got that Zerk Thatcher Dersma deal. They wanted a straight swap. I didn't think they were ever going to get that port. There was no way port was was going to allow that to happen so they gave up i think three really late picks which you know they might not have used so so that's that's great for uh the power but in this trade they get xavier dersmer in who's you know got plenty of upside certainly a, a more valued player than brandon zerk that you'd think um you know was only drafted five years ago out of the first round um and it'd be interesting to see how he kind of complements that that midfield mix on the wing or at half forward when they've got guys like archie perkins sam durham uh, Nick Martin kind of floating around. Dylan Shield stays at the Bombers, so that that was kind of an interesting one to to keep an eye on throughout. Um, but they'll 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 hold on to him. Uh, Goldstein, I think will will be seeing minutes next year. You know, mm-hmm. I think they kind of they want two rucks, and I think ideally they want to be playing Draper and Brian. But Goldstein's a great supporting option, or you know he might you know be that second in line ahead of Brian if if they think he yeah that have they said he what he, how long his contract is I think it's just the one year yeah so it's it's a pretty short deal whereas Mackay and Gresham are on much longer deals with obviously much more money uh we've talked about both Mackay and Gresham a fair bit on this show and just how well they can 
help the Bombers, but mm. just at the same time, how much they could also put them in a bit of a strangle if things don't go their way, given the money they're on. But no, I think Mackay is going to flourish in, in, a, in an environment where he's surrounded by some other decent defenders. Um, and then Gresham as well. It's going to be interesting to see how they use him if it's more of a permanent forward. I, I, I don't think he's going to be very far up the queue for uh, midfield minutes uh, under under Brad Scott next year, especially when they add in someone like Dersma. Zerk Thatcher, yes, it's a it's a it's a loss, but they they had Mackay coming in, so it's I think they'll be happy with that change. And then D'Ambrosio, they will be quite happy in the end, just given he could have easily walked to delisted free agency instead they got two picks in return for him so i think they'll be quite happy with how that one turned out so yeah that was a good good off season for the bombers um they wanted to be aggressive they were aggressive and it sounds like they're still well prepared to you know add to their list next year if they need to they've got their first round pick which is in the top 10 for this year's draft um yeah they're, they're well placed it's just gonna be really interesting to see how what level a Makai and aggression can go to um, if they and if they do hit their their potential, then um, it's going to bode very well for for the Bombers. Yeah, classic um, Essendon off season. I think they just they sign a lot of big names and then yeah, see how it all plays out. And last um, off season for Dodoro. Yeah, right? he'll yeah. be floating around a little bit, but Matt Rosa kind of takes the keys now. Yeah, um, he'll be he'll be you know still helping um, you know advising, mentoring in a way. Um, you know he's the longest serving list manager uh, around. Uh, he's got and the most famous. I think. Of, he is, yeah, he is. Uh, I think he's a face that kind of drives clicks for a lot of people, and um, you either love him or you hate him. And I that's love him. and that's even Bombers supporters as well. <laughs> like Bombers, Bombers supporters either love him or hate him. Um, but no, he's he's obviously done a, a, a pretty decent job, and to be in a role for that long, you are doing something right. So it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of work through things over the next few years for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so moving over to the West. So Fremantle, not a huge amount of key ins, but a lot of key outs. So they lost uh, Hamling, Schultz, obviously, and Liam Henry. Um, and they've, they've gained some future first round picks. Yeah, they can't be happy, yeah. I don't think. You, you look at the future firsts and that's great having three for next year, but they, they can't be happy with, with A, how well they finished last year to then trade their future first, bomb out this year, not have that pick um, and not have access to the draft, you know, until, well, I think they enter at pick 34. They've got, you know, four picks between 34 and 64. So they'll have some access. They could trade up in the draft. And, and a few of those picks, given that um, a lot of them are behind, you know, a lot of the Gold Coast Suns picks, which will kind of get dissolved. Then So they will move up a little bit already. So they have 34, 46, 60, and 64. So 34 might come in a little but 46, 60, and 64 should come in a fair bit um, on draft night. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's they, They're obviously very frustrated. They wanted to keep all three of Henry, Schultz, and Hamling. Hamling's not a, a huge loss for them. They've got some really good key defensive stocks, but if they lose one, then it might open up a little bit there. They've, they've got some you know young players that can play key back, but uh, whether they're ready next year, especially if Fremantle think they're Back in premiership or finals contention, then and that's going to be interesting to watch. Lockie Schultz is a huge blow for the leading goal kicker for the club across the last three seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, they've they've got guys in Switkowski, um, they've got guys in Frederick, and, and Walter's got another year or two to go. So it's not like he's there. It's the be on end off for their small forwards, but um, yeah, they'll be quite frustrated with that loss. Liam Henry's another one as well. Can play small forward really. Um, came to his own in the second half of this year. 
Um, so yeah, I, they, they can't be happy with losing all three and then not bringing anyone in. I think they'll look at Jeremy Sharp in as a delisted free agent. Uh, they haven't really said they, they're looking at him yet, mm-hmm. but I think given you know if they want to add to their list and, and someone they were after last year, he'll certainly be one on their radar, I believe. But yeah, three first-round picks for next year. So one's Collingwood's and one's Port's, and the other one's their own. So best-case scenario, Port kind of bomb out like they did last year. Uh, I don't see the Pies falling out of the top eight, but you know if they finish in the you know the bottom half of the eight, that's great. And then you know for, well Frio, that it's kind of how the draft works. If you finish low, then you've got a great pick, and if you finish high, then you're playing great footy. So um, it, look, it sets them up for maybe a move for for someone like Logan McDonald. Um, you know, if they want to go for a Tim English and, and they have to trade for him in the end, he is a free agent next year, but, you know, they can force into a trade, then they, they might have the stock to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And then on top of that, you know, if they lose Sean Darcy, they'll add to that draft and uh, he's a free agent as well, but albeit likely restricted. So they'll have a fair bit to use next year. Uh, they don't have draft access this year though, so that's going to be quite frustrating for them. Um, but like I said, they can trade a few picks to get mm. to the front of the queue or, or get up a little bit, but they might be a bit quieter on, on come the draft. But with- yeah, I didn't think that their issues this year were solely list related, but the fact that they didn't add anyone and they lost those three is quite um, yeah. yeah, quite disappointing. I don't know. I think I feel like if they finished you know where they did in twenty three last year. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people would have ex- maybe expe- like expected them to do really well like they did last year, this year. So they kind of took a step back, but maybe last year was maybe a bit of an overachieving year. They- they've got a great list. Yeah. And it's young and it's emerging. The spine's um, good. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're, they're well-placed. You know, if they lose someone like Sean Darcy, they'll get heaps in return. Yeah. Um, and they can move Luke Jackson to that first string ruck role. Uh, or if they keep him, then they've got the best ruck pair going forward for the next you know, umpteen years when they signed Darcy. So, yeah, that'll be good for them. But, yeah, this I think this offseason certainly hurt. They wouldn't have seen the Schultz stuff coming. Um, they did okay, I think, to get Collingwood's future first round. Um, you know, really the Pies, all they have to do is finish, you know, below first and, and they and Frio kind of, kind of get a win given they didn't uh, get the, the their first round for this year in. So, that's okay. Um, yeah, no, I can't see the Freo being very happy with how this year unfolded for them. Yeah. All right. So moving over to Geelong, another uh, sort of quiet on the ins front, but obviously the big name um, for them, the key out is Asava Radigalia, which got done uh, late-ish as well. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought it was going to go right down to the wire. It got done a couple hours out from the deadline um, and the Cats... Well, they knocked back the first off, I didn't know. Well, yeah, they. I think pick 25 mm. was offered. A lot of people thought it was overs for Radigalea. Geelong seemed to think it was well under. Um, so they get like pick 76 and 94 back. So an actual fifth round. 94. It was, it was the that. only fifth round pick that was traded the, the whole um, trade period. The 25 is a great get for them. That They'll be pretty happy with with that. Um, they wanted to keep Radigalea, obviously, but they've got plenty of key defenders that I think they can work with. And he wasn't always the best 23 player this year as well, mind you. Mm-hmm. Um, so they get 25 in, that adds to their, you know, pick eight. Then they've got, yeah, that fourth round and fifth round that they also picked up. So like picks 94 and 76, some people might think, oh, well, you know, there's only going to be 50 or 60 players drafted this year. But but those picks will come in after some bidding. So 94 can end up in the 60s or 70s and 76 could end up in the 50s or 60s. Because right. once, once, you know, Gold Coast have to match a bid, get rid of all the draft picks that they've stocked up. 
you know, those, you know, five or six picks dissolve and everyone moves forward. So after there's, that's how the draft kind of works. It's shuffling back first when bids come in, clubs get to move forward. But then when they move forward, the later picks kind of come in because the, the later, those picks they have to use to match the bid dissolve. So pick 94, if Geelong use it, it could be in the 70s or even in the 60s. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. Kind of I didn't know that's how it works. Well, yeah, because like, yeah, that's kind of. I was like, thinking that I might be able to get a game. I might be able to get drafted yeah, in '94. It'd be a good chance <laughs> if there's '94 players picked. That's the thing. Like, it could be the only fifth round selection that's used. Given you know, there, there might be some clubs with enough list spots that they want to draft you know five six players if they've got one in each round. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I said, I, they they knew the the Radicalia was going to leave. They got a pretty decent return. I think they can only be happy. Yeah, um, didn't bring anyone in, but they're backing in their list, which is which is going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right. So moving over to the Gold Coast. So a lot of a lot of outs. Um, they lost maybe a Chol, Chris Burgess, um, Elijah Hollands, obviously, and then um, just picks in return. Yeah, um, interesting one. Obviously, the, the a key play for them was getting rid of pick four, which ended up being pick five, and then they you know split. You know what they got from that into I think it was they got pick like eleven and pick seventeen slash eighteen. Um, they moved those picks on quite nicely, so uh, split the the you know middle selection um, or the the earliest selection sorry into more later picks like second and third round picks. They moved that you know late first round pick to North Melbourne and got North's you know future first round pick. So that kind of broke even a little bit, but it just means they have picks for next year, a nice pick for next year. So that pick, along with their own first rounder and the Western Bulldogs first rounder, sets them up with three opening round picks for 2024. So they're set now for those um, academy kids. Academy yeah, they've, they've, they've got heaps of points. Um, you know, it's Unless the, the bids come in really early for all three, like if Walter goes at pick two, Reid goes at pick six, and, and Rogers goes at pick 10, it's going to cost them a fair bit. But you know, I think they've got close to 4,000 draft points. Yep. Um, and it can go into deficit or they can trade back in. Uh, Will Graham's the other one that, that might get a bid, but that might come quite late into the draft um, or via the rookie draft afterwards. So, yeah, they, they, look, they did what they needed to from a draft perspective. Um, they might have lost, you know, some... Uh, they, they probably would have only gained points from doing the trades for, you know, Hollands and Scholl and um, Burgess. But, um, yeah, overall, I think, you know, they were excited the idea of losing those three guys. I think Hollands is going to bite them in in the butt a little bit um but you know their midfield's so good already with with kind of the emerging names they've got through plus yeah jack rogers will add to that midfield in time next year they'll get leonardo lombard who's one of the top rated midfielders so that they've kind of got a decent succession plan from and by the time matt rowell's hitting his peak and by you know noah anderson's probably already mm. hitting that given the year he had but by the time these guys are 26 27 they've got these really good young midfielders also ready to go and chomping at the bit so that's going to be interesting Burgess, I guess they were happy to lose uh, along with Chol. It, it, I think it does open them up a little bit too much. They also got rid of McLaughlin. So they got rid of two the two best VFL forwards for, for you know not a lot in return. They also lose Marbio Chol, who kicked 44 goals in the AFL last year. So they're obviously re, you know, relying a heap on Ben King next year, hoping he stays fit. And then on top of that, hoping he resigns. Because if mm-hmm. he doesn't, then really it's all just going to be placed on Jed Walter, who's mm. going to be, you know, in his first, first year, player. next year. Yeah. Like, Levi Kasbolt's there, but he's not going to be around forever. Um, and if Ben King leaves and all they've got is Walter in a, for a list that where everywhere else across the ground is, is really at a competing level and a, and a win-now level. So, 
it's going to be interesting to see how their forward line kind of stacks up over the next few years. And yeah. if they, the King is the big one. He's going to have some stupid offers come his way next year. Um, and if they can somehow retain him, uh, that's, yeah, that's, I think, I think it's the difference, you know, because it, they go from a, a forward line that has a lot of pieces, decent pieces around King to, you know, all of a sudden it's just Walter potentially, um, who is one of the, you know, best key forwards we've had come through the draft in some time. But in saying that, he's you know, a first-year player next year um, and potentially a, a required player at AFL level, um, which is going to be interesting. He's one of the you know, most ready-made prospects in this year's count, but you can only do so much when, you've, when you're yeah. a first-year player. I mean, I think sitting where they're at with Damien Harwood coming in, they, they look like they're at a pretty optimistic point at their um they, kind of have, yeah, so, they, they do have to be yeah um, but uh, i think i think things will work out quite well and they're, they're among those i think what half dozen clubs we mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that didn't finish in the top eight that certainly could next year yeah absolutely all right well that's a good look in so uh let's move over to the giants so again uh similar to geelong not a whole lot of movement they just lose uh, matt flynn to free agency he's gone over to west coast and they got pick 43 as compensation yeah it was a, a quiet period for them and that move happened i think day one or in the first week of free agency or day one of free agency um pick 43 was nice compensation for a player that they definitely didn't need and they re-signed Braden Proust so he'll support Kieran Briggs and they got uh, Madden as well as that third string Ruckman so they're all fine on the Ruck front uh, happy to deal Matt Flynn away it doesn't look like he was going to get offered a new deal anyway um, or it was between him and him and Proust so that's that's good for them added to their draft hand nicely you know they it sounds like they'll sign Orazio Fantasia as a you know maybe delisted free agent or, or rookie draft signing so that'll add to their forward line a bit of pace Interesting to see how deep forward he'll play. Like they've got Bedford and um, Daniels, uh, who they can you know play at half forward and up the ground. But Orazio Fandaji used to play back line a little bit and could you know play up on the wing maybe. So he'll offer some leg speed if he can stay fit. That'll be great. They wanted Elliot Himmelberg, didn't get him. They it was funny when they asked. They said that they were interested in him probably midway through the year. So I wonder if it was part of you know re-signing Harry to a long-term deal was, hey, we'll try and get your brother to the club as well just to kind of keep keep you here. Um, but it hasn't been the case, obviously. <laughs> like Har- Harry re-signed and, and obviously Elliot um, was hopeful of getting over, but um, Adelaide needed to bring in a, another forward and that didn't quite come to be. So, yeah, quiet one for GWS. But, you know, they have two first-rounders for this year, um, one of them quite early, but given it's, it was Richmond's pick. So they're well set up to, to go to the draft again. Mm-hmm. Probably can't make a Their play. Their list but, is in a good spot as well, anyway. Yeah, oh, yeah. They you know made a prelim. Um, they look. They could make a play for pick one. I don't think they have enough, just given that how well they finished this year. Like that first round pick just fell, you know, falls quite back in the draft. And Richmond obviously played quite poorly, so they've kind of got that top six, seven pick and a later first round pick. Um, which combined with their future first probably isn't enough for pick one. But if you know if they did bomb out a little bit, then they would have had maybe two top six or seven picks along with their future first and that might have done it so yeah we'll see how, how they go at the draft it's gonna be quite interesting yeah quite on for the giants moving over to the hawks who busy were quite busy probably the yeah one of the busier ones so obviously uh, we spoke about before um Gidman coming in massive d'ambrosio Chole. Uh, and Gunston returning and then key out uh, Tyler Brockman, which is a big one, Brandon Ryan and uh, Kajiski as well. Yeah, so, so six of those seven guys were done on deadline day. It was a busy day for Mark McKenzie. 
Um, you know, they got the Ginevan done, Ginevan stuff done quite early, um, yep. which was a stellar effort just given the turnaround. Yeah, it happened um, really quickly. Yeah. As it was announced. They've, yeah, they've been linked to him kind of for a fair bit this year, just yeah. given, you know, if there was some unrest and he wasn't in the best 22 at times. So, um, yeah, and we've but, all seen the photos of him as a little kid. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that works too. I think yeah, you know, clubs do have to kind of keep track of, you know, if there are players out there that support your club, you got you want to know who, who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that played a, a big part in this or not uh, remains to be seen. But now, great get for them after losing Brockman. They gave up a future second. They did that last year for someone like Josh Weddle and it's paid off. So that they'll, they'll be very happy with bringing him in. And as mentioned earlier, he could be kicking 40 plus goals next year if he's getting a, a good look at it. And then, again, one of those clubs that can really be pushing for a, a top eight return. Mm-hmm. Uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio is a, is a great little, um, you know, addition. Mm-hmm. Certainly a good role player, versatile, uh, utility player, can play off halfback, nice left foot, can play up the wing, can hit the scoreboard. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, he's probably not a best 22 player for them, but um, I, I think he can certainly press his case to be. Uh, Marbio Cho will, will partner with with Mitch Lewis and then Jack Gunston's in there as well. So what that means for Fergus Green is going to be interesting. Like they lose Kajitski and they lose Brandon Ryan, but they get Gunston and Cho and you know, Gunston's 31, 32 years of age. So, you know, does Fergus Green get a new deal? I liked, I'd like to hope so. I, I do like Fergus Green. Um, probably just didn't get the have the season he had hoped for in his return. Um, so it, look, it was yeah, very busy. You know, they lose Brockman, probably wanted to keep him, but they get Ginevan, that's a tick. Um, they lose Ryan, but they got Gunston. I, I don't really see that as a win for them, but um, it was just business that that had to be done. Chol's in though, and they, that was kind of a part of a deal that, you know, they I think what worked in with Brisbane for the Ryan deal. So um, they, they kind of did okay out of that. And then Kajitski, they got a top 50 pick for, which I think is a pretty decent return. So they'll be happy. Added some nice pieces. Probably like not like I don't think Chol's the player that they would really want, but they do need some mm-hmm. support for Mitch Lewis. Yeah. Um, like next year's gonna be interesting. There's some good key forwards up for grabs and and I think they'll have a fair bit of coin saved for for some of those targets. Yeah. Um yeah, like given this trade period, I now I'm sort of expecting them to push further next year than I probably yeah. was beforehand. Um yeah, probably middle six. Middle six for next year, I reckon. All right, uh, moving over to the Ds, uh, who were also quite busy. So Shane McAdam came over from Adelaide. We got Tom Fullerton, uh, Jack Billings, which is pretty surprising. Um, and then we traded up to pick 11. Uh, and then James Jordan, uh, we lose. So I keep saying we, but, you know, I'm a D supporter. Uh, Fred and Cedar, <laughs> Sydney. Uh, Harms and Brody Grundy also go to Sydney. Um, sorry, Harms, the Western Bulldogs. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think they, you know, they might have wanted to get more from the Grundy deal. Like they gave up, I think it was a pick in the mid 20s last year to Collingwood. But, you know, what they got from Sydney, they moved on to get McAdam and Fullerton in. So Fullerton isn't a like for like replacement, but he's a player that actually can play forward as much as he can play rock, which is something that they, they tested Grundy with and it probably just didn't work. Yeah. I like the Fullerton pickup. I think he's going to be, you know, quite handy for them if he gets a look um, or at least he'll press his case quite nicely at VFL level. Uh, Shane McAdam should be a starting forward for them. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan, and you know you lose your kind of chances when you get Rochelle and Rankin ahead of you. Um, yep. That's fair enough, and and he can offer a fair bit. He's, he's you know he's 28 though, so he's in the peak of his time. So they're not going to get you know a whole lot of juice to squeeze. But if they're in a premiership window again, if they're competing again, he can be a nice difference maker in that attacking third. Billings, I think, is an astute pickup, just given that they lost Jordan and lost Harms. And, and you kind of looked at their midfield and thought, well, yes, they got Oliver and they got Petrarca. 
and you had Viney to that, and it's fantastic. And they can probably bring Brayshaw in a little bit. And then Sparrow is probably that fifth guy. But they were relying on Jordan and Harms a lot this year, you know, especially when Clary, Clary's out for 12 weeks, mm-hmm. um, when Brayshaw's maybe needing to play on the wing or at the flank. So just someone that can run through the middle. And they've got a few other guys that certainly can do that. Like they can throw Cozzy in there, Neil Bullen, um, and a well, few others. Yeah, mm-hmm. Woe Woden. He's going yeah. to be a pretty interesting one to watch uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Bailey Laurie can play further up the field. So, I don't know, it's a good chance for Jack Billings. Sounds like the Saints are paying a fair portion of his contract anyway. So nice and cheap, didn't cost them much future third round pick um jordan lost yeah I, I i think it's a great move for james jordan i think i was the d's might have wanted to keep him but we're probably just you know resigned to the idea of, of losing him quite early mm-hmm. uh, and they got some nice compo back for him james harms another one they were kind of open to just allowing him to to look around and the, the bulldogs might be a good home for him and then the grundy deal yeah they admitted failed experiment that's cool move yeah, on didn't get someone out. in we can rely on max again um, and, and kind of gets them a bit more focused. It was obviously a very big distraction for them. Not even like in the second half, they just threw from round one, as good as they were playing. At, at even at the best of times, it was a very big distraction. And then as you mentioned, they move up to pick one. So they, uh, pick 11, sorry. So they've got pick, yeah, it'd be nice. Would love pick one. Well, they certainly could. Like they've got pick six, pick 11, their future first. Again, is that enough for mm. pick one? Probably not. Just given what North Melbourne can offer, which we'll talk about in a sec, but um they can at least make a, a move up the draft order which they want to do you know they might be able to trade with a hawthorne or trade with the north melbourne um and get themselves into you know pick three or pick four um so that'll be interesting to see what they do um, but if not they come away with three first rounds first round picks for you know this year and next and yeah they're, they're pretty well set up so it's um yeah they're in a good window it's just going to see if their list actually improves off their trade deals from this soft season yeah absolutely it, it is um, i'm pretty optimistic now given that you know we we bombed out by you know less than a goal so mm. you know adding these adding these parts we do lose a bit of depth um billings is an interesting one we did do a very good uh video last week about um why clubs weren't chasing jack billings yeah, um, based on an article Ed, yeah. uh, by ed carmine so that's a good one to check out um to look at you know the sort of industry's perspective on him before he got traded to Melbourne and yeah, see how hopefully that one works out. So mm. um, interesting stuff. So let's move over to North Melbourne. Um, Keyens, Dylan Stevens, uh, Zach Fisher. They were pretty, they were pretty busy. Um, Bigger new one, Toby Pink and pick three. Keyens, obviously, um, Makada free agency and uh, pick 22 to Carlton. Yeah. People always talk like, you know, did you win trade period or did you lose trade period? I think North, I don't like using the words win or lose, but they won the second they got picked three through the door. Yeah, that, that's that's huge. Unbelievable. On top of the assistance package that pretty much got them Fisher and Stevens, um, yeah, that was that was ace. Like they they just worked so well in the end to um, set themselves up for the draft. Obviously, yes, some help from the AFL and some help from compensation, but you know they've got picks two and three now. They can make a play. They can get they can get pick one. Like it, if West Coast aren't setting a price, and that's that's a great idea, but you know, North Melbourne have more than enough. Whether I don't think they would want it to give up two and three though. Yeah. Like you go back through the drafts over the last 10 to 15 years and more times than not, you're taking two and three over one. Um, you know, sometimes you'll get a bust at two or three, but there's a very good chance that the combination of two players um, in the top three mm-hmm. is, is a lot better than, than the guy that they that went ahead of them. Um it doesn't happen very often. Like you look at 2018 is a good one. Like would you take Anderson Sam? Rowell or? No, that was, so would you take Sam Walsh or would you take Lukosius and Rankin? Yeah. Like, you know, that's three really great players. And I think you take the two 
guys the Suns picked up. Mm-hmm. You know, the, there's not a lot that, that really work out well for the club that actually, if you're putting in yourself in that position. But yeah, I'd be shocked if pick two and three are on the table for, for pick one, uh, as great as Harley Reid is. But North have five first rounders this year and their own first round next year, which again could, is likely to be a top five pick. So they they have more than enough to satisfy West Coast. It's just a matter of how much they want to give up. But yeah, the player as well, Dylan Stevens is a, is going to be really good. Top five or six pick, you know, from four years ago. Mm-hmm. Zach Fisher's a great player who's shown his versatility this year and just couldn't get a look in. Bigger new one, I'm not really sure about. Maybe it's just you know some you know defensive coverage or um a ruck coverage with a player who might have some upside and didn't really cost them much. Toby Pink was delisted free agency, so someone they really liked. Who's a sample player of the year for Glenelg this year? Was at the Swans list three or four years ago. Just couldn't quite get a look in. So um, interesting to see what they can get out of him. Uh, and then the out, so Mackay, yeah, they're okay with that, given they got pick three in return. So so that's that's fine. And, and they're moving to to get some key defenders, or they've moved to get some key defenders through the door. Um, and yeah, they set themselves up with five first rounders. They're they're flying. They've got like eight thousand points in draft points. Uh, not that it's a it's a you know a huge deal for them because they're not really matching bids, or um, or you know getting father son guys in the door, but um, just sets them up nicely. They picks two, three, fifteen, seventeen, eighteen, and a couple of a third rounder and a fourth rounder to come as well. So yeah, no, they'll they'll be very happy with the outcome of of the offseason yeah interesting one to watch um i just i still need to know how those herbs and spices work out for compensation down at afl yeah. house it's it's uh one of the mysteries of the universe all right so moving over to port adelaide um we're also very busy um and they were busy late so key ins ivan soldo to uh from richmond <laughs> from uh jordan sweet asava radigalia obviously pick 25 and then key outs uh dersma fantasia and a future first round so yeah, well, the key busy. uh yeah, pick twenty five was was technically in and out, so they got it in right. But like to be fair, like, yeah, they moved to get it in using their future first round, and then used it to get Radigalia. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was which one of the the kind of they had to make a lot of moves before they could actually make the moves they wanted to. And Soldo was kind of a part of that as well. Like he out of the four guys that were chasing, he was the only contracted one. So like if they wanted to get him done, they probably just wanted to get that out of the way at some point, and they got all four done on deadline day. Um, Jordan Sweet, I think, is a great pickup alongside Soldo. So Scott Lysett's probably leaving the club. Same with Sam Hayes. And they, what they bring in is two Ruckmen who are really ready to prove themselves mm-hmm. at the senior level. Like Sweet's been stuck behind Tim English, easily the best VFL Ruckman this year. Um, and Soldo's similar, just been stuck behind Toby Nankervis. Had a chance this year when Nankervis was suspended and really showed his worth. So whether they're going for two rucks, I wouldn't have thought so, just given that the tall offers they've got elsewhere and, and someone like Jeremy Finlayson um, hanging around. But it's going to be interesting to see who starts round one. I would not be ruling out Jordan Sweet from a round one start um, at all. I think he's going to really look forward to the opportunity that is potentially, you know, leading a midfield of, of Butters and Rosie. Uh, and Soldo's, you know, looks like a very motivated player as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweet's younger than Soldo, isn't he? They're similar. Yeah. They're, they're, they're kind of mature age, 24, 25, 26 yeah. areas. Um, but, yeah, obviously from an experience point of view, Soldo's got, you know, a lot more on him, yeah. including premiership experience. Radical is obviously a, a big one for them. Um, they'll be quite happy with with adding him and Brandon Zirk Thatcher through the door. Um, you know, certainly it helps the likes of Alira Lear and the rest of their kind of backline group. Like they've, they've definitely needed tools. Tom Jonas and Tom Clure just weren't the weren't the players um, to help lead them um, off this year. And, and I don't think they're going to be a huge difference. 
but if they can reach some of the upside and you know they're not you know taking the best you know key forward and, and Ali really is certainly helping with some intercept work then um yeah Kenningley's got a really good back line to go with uh, an awesome midfield and a lethal forward line so they could be quite set to kind of bounce back from that straight sex ex- straight sets exit uh Kiats, yeah Dursman is kind of a disappointing one obviously that was a surprise to me they they had to give up a player if they wanted to bring in all four mm-hmm. um and it seemed like they were actually pretty happy or open to, to parting with Dersma. You know, he was unsigned next year. Maybe they, they kind of got a feel that you know, there's a chance he was going to leave you know, in 12 months' time anyway and kind of cash in a little bit. They did well out of that deal, to be fair, and he was certainly worth more than Zerk Thatcher was in a in what was you know potentially going to be a player-for-player swap in, in Essendon's eyes, but they got like three picks, albeit late. They got three picks um, in that one. They might lose yeah, Fantasia. You know, that's kind of their decision there. He's unsigned, and they'll probably just want to be offering him a contract. They get rid of their future first, which... You know, they want to be you know, pressing quite nicely uh, up again there this year. And if they, I think, finish in the top six, then that's probably a win deal for them because it got them, you know, pick 25 to get Radical Air and it got them an, another future pick that I think worked in one of their other deals. So, um, yeah, they, they cashed in a little bit there, but they'll be backing themselves in. It's kind of that extra motivation. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So moving over to Richmond. Um Pretty quiet. Um, they said as much um, on the trade launch, so they, they'll be pretty quiet this period. But they did bring in um, Kaczynski from Hawks. Uh, and then they lose, obviously, Soldo and uh, Biggie. Yeah, uh, the Kaczynski one, I, uh, he doesn't really like jump off the page for me. Um, but he's what they need. Like They need key forwards around Tom Lynch. You know, Samson Ryan will probably be getting a fair bit of a start next year. Um, you know, Jacob Bauer is he one that, that they'll kind of look at as a forward target a bit more. Um, but yeah, Kaczynski can be good. I'm just, you know, he's got a lot of unproven time left. So it's going to be interesting to see how much they get out of him. Mm-hmm. Probably something we didn't mention with Port Adelaide was how much the power actually gave up to get Soldo in. I think Richmond did quite nicely to give up a, a fringe Ruckman and get what they got back uh, in that deal. Biggie Newen, he's played one game. I think they're okay for, for key defenders with guys like Josh Gibkiss coming through. They're just obviously hoping that he stays fit. So, yeah, it wasn't a busy period. One player in, two players out. They don't have a first-round pick to deal with, obviously. So it's kind of a, a, going to be a quieter off-season again heading into the draft. But, mm. um, yeah, I I just – I don't think they've improved their list. And for a team that was like bottom five, bottom six, um, I don't see them coming back up next yeah, year either. Yeah, neither do I. It's interesting to see um, – it'll be interesting to hear from Uze, I think um, – coming into the preseason, just yeah. like what he's inheriting. Because, um, yeah, they, they were busy last year with Hopper and... Um, Taranto. Taranto coming in. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's it, they're in an interesting spot, yeah. list-wise. Yeah, I think they could have done more, but they didn't really have a lot to work with either. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, so pretty quiet for Richmond. So let's move over to St. Kilda. Uh, they brought in Liam Henry, Paddy Dow, and uh, they got picked 21 because they lost uh, Jade Gresham to free agency. Um, and then Billings and Nick Caulfield. Yeah, they. Um, I think they'll be kind of happy in, in some aspects. Not giving up their f- pick 13 or pick 21 for Liam Henry is a big tick. Nicely done. Uh, I think Freo were definitely going to be asking, well, they were asking for a first round pick. Seemed like it was a non-negotiable, and then they just folded and got, yeah, a second rounder, mm-hmm. and they swapped fourths next year. So fleeced, I think is the word. <laughs> yeah, fleeced. Um, so they they did very well, I think, yeah. out of that trade. The Paddy Dow trade, they it's kind of looked like they they lost in a way. Just got Dow in, 
got rid of Caulfield and they seem like they lost from the draft selection movement. But, you know, it wasn't like a deal that included, you know, future seconds and top picks. Mm-hmm. It was it was kind of, um, you know, a, it was a, a busy deal, but it wasn't like a mega deal in any, in any uh, language. The Gresham loss, yeah, uh, they'll be happy they got a first-round combo back. You know, I don't think he's a huge loss for them. He can be a good player, but they've got some nice guys coming through to the system anyway, and yeah, they get a first-round pick for him. It puts them in a position to potentially move up the draft order, which was what Ross Lyon kind of wants. Um, they're on that pick 13 barrier, and right on that line is where the, probably the talent starts to fall off, especially when he gets pushed back three or four spots. So if they can, yeah, I think they should try and push up the order a little bit. You know, Geelong's picks probably are up for grabs, pick mm-hmm. eight. Um, whether the Cats would take 13 and 21 for eight, maybe. Just depends because the Cats are in that line of, you know, the top, you know, 10 or 11 picks. Um, they're going to have access to one of the, the top guys of the draft, whereas it does drop off quite quickly around when the Saints enter. So that'll be one to watch. Jack Billings, yeah, if they're paying a fair bit of his contract but he's not really a player that they needed at all this year mm-hmm. um same with same with gresham yeah they seem happy him. to lose both gresham and billings and i think they were both happy to go they just seem both players of that ilk that just needed a fresh start somewhere else yeah um you know because they were both drafted to uh saints and yeah yeah it just hasn't worked out yeah and coffee coffee as well like he hasn't played since 2021 just given injuries so mm-hmm. yeah they like i said they didn't get much out of that deal other than dow but um, they'll be hoping he plays, you know, gets back into his footy. So yeah, I, I think it's a, it's probably you know, most of its centers on getting pick one and Liam Henry in. Um, and yeah, they've done quite nicely out of that. And Paddy Dows, I think, still got some time to prove himself. Yeah, um, at AFL level. Well, he he's another one of those guys that just seems like you, um, a fresh club will do it. Yeah, really oh, well. for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's going to be interesting. Just a lot of that attention off him now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, very loud Carlton supporters. All right, moving over, we've got three left. So uh, Sydney, so Keyans, obviously they were very busy as well. Um, it's it's not a bad list, the ins that they've got. So they brought in uh, Jordan, Hamling, uh, Taylor Adams, Brody Grundy, uh, and then Keyats, Dylan Stevens. I think they've done fairly well there. Yeah, again, don't want to use the winners, losers thing, but big winners. <laughs> um yeah, they did fantastically well. They obviously get Jordan and Hamling in, who again, these are just like these role players who they they need. They probably just wanted some, you know, extra leg speed in midfield. They want some, you know, support for their key defenders um after losing Paddy McCartan and kind of already needing one on top of him anyway. So Hamling just brings some experience. Hopefully he can stay fit. But it's Adams and Grundy that they didn't have to give up much for. Yeah. Um we kind of mentioned throughout the year that they really needed that in under midfielder that Adam, and that's something that Adams can be. Like we spoke about, I think like a Jack Graham, you know, when Clary's name popped up, like Sydney were the ones that, you know, if they could get him, like that was just perfect for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so Adams, you know, he's not going to be probably on the level of a Clary, but he can certainly help, you know, feed the ball to Golden and, and Warner. Um, you know, work defensively with Robon in midfield. And yeah. then Jordan can play that role a little bit too. Yeah, like, he can. You know, he can play inside yeah. and outside. So he's going to be quite an interesting one to see how they use him. And all those guys now working at the feet of Brody Grundy, mm-hmm. who, seeing this on the way into work today, all Australian smoky, if I'll say it now. <laughs> it is like, October, what, 18th? Yeah. It's early. All right. Yeah. Uh, the rock the rock spot's always hard because it's one. Yeah. Maybe a squad. Two. Yeah. squad member. Bench. Bench. Oh, 
I don't do that too much anymore. <laughs> Maybe a squad, but I, I honestly think that he could. Yeah. yeah, he could be back to his best. Yeah, in the right, you know, just in the Playing right environment. Week. In the yeah. right environment is is obviously what he needs to be in, and he had some great performances for Melbourne this year. Some when Gorn was out, so. And he had, like, he honestly had a couple when Gorn was in too. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so when it's his own, it's going to be, it's going to be, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Well, he's not going to have to push into the forward line. So when you, yeah, when you talk about clubs improving their list, Sydney did that very, very clearly. Um, yeah. They lose Stevens, they get Jordan in. Um, you know, Stevens is a bit of a blow, but uh, I think they got an okay return. Like, it was a kind of an interesting deal with North Melbourne for that one. But um, no, since the Swans have significantly improved their list after a finals finishing season. So yeah. they could be back in the frame. Yeah, they always seem to do um, surprisingly well mm-hmm. um, in off season. All right, so uh, a couple more to go. Let's move over to West Coast. So Keyans, obviously, we spoke about Matt Flynn. Uh, Tyler Brockman, key outs. Nada. Yeah, yeah. Nothing there. No, yeah. They obviously they lost like eight or nine guys to retirement and delistings, so they had like a lot of openings already. They've still got a few guys who are unsigned that might get delisted, but no, no trades or anything. So I think like it didn't seem like anyone was on the way out anyway. Um, yeah, got Flynn in, big tick. Got Brockman in. That's a huge get. I think, I think mm-hmm. he's going to be stellar for them. Didn't get Dev Robinson. I don't think they're that fussed about it they'll probably just move from him in two years time when he's off contract again um but all, all focus is now on pick one like we it seemed pretty obvious over the last maybe a few days that pick one wasn't getting traded this week mm-hmm. and maybe it could be next week or on draft night um i've said all season that they should be trading pick one just to, it's not just like the harley reads of victorian thing it's it's the speed up your rebuild and you know, they did it last year they split their picks they got hewitt and jimby in and it worked really well for them over yeah they've the been year we saw to... and just do it again like it doesn't have to be local kids like you can still probably get dan Curtin in with a trade um that splits pick one but it's yeah just about getting a more than one player like reed's great and he's going to be a poster boy for wherever he goes mm-hmm. and I, I do believe he'll live up to expectations like he's 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 a superstar <laughs> he's but, everywhere at the moment but so. <laughs> oh yeah like it, it's gonna be like when i say expectations i'm not saying he's just gonna win like three brown lows, like everyone's kind of calling yeah. him but like he is just one of the more talented all-round draft prospects we've had come through uh, in the last decade yeah um and it just looks like he'll fit in really well uh, at an experience level as early as next year but i just think yeah just split your pick um bring in three to four guys you know if you can get north melbourne's pick three you know, maybe it's their future first and you, you wait an extra year and you bank a couple of, of first round picks next year and you try and get another one of their first round as like pick 14 or, or 15 or whatever it is now and just get in some some good talent um you know or they you know they get north's future in and then maybe trade that and you know, get back into the queue with with hawthorne or something so they've, they've got a lot they can work with um and if they do trade pick one they're going to get a pretty decent offer in return which is all they're waiting for they're not yeah. setting a price they just want offers to come their way and if one you know tickles their fancy then they'll jump at it but they want to be blown out of the water it's not just going to be a, oh yeah that could work they want to be blown out of the water and there's only one club that can do that and that's that's north melbourne yep. now that we're past a player movement phase like if there's only one club with picks it's north melbourne so yeah uh yeah really the the business for them starts now and and seeing what happens with pick one yeah very interesting all right, so moving on to the final team, um, a Western Bulldog. So key ins, James Harms, Nick Caulfield, um, pick five, key outs, Jordan Sweet, and pick eleven. So yeah. I like the Harms. Enough. Yeah, I like the Harms pickup. You know, they like delisted Toby McLean. 
They've got guys like McNeil or Vandermeer or mm-hmm. um, some of the other guys. Uh, losing kind of, Dunkley last year. Yeah, they kind of just had these guys that still float through midfield. Even, mm-hmm. even as good as their midfield group is, they still have these guys that are probably those bottom six or so players or even from maybe, you know, are only playing because other players are injured. So Hums is a player that is, is reliable. Mm-hmm. I think he is not you know, winning your games. But if you just need someone to go to two to three center bounces here and there or, you know, just body on a, a opposing midfielder that's kind of getting a lot of the ball, he can do that. Nick Coffield, I'd like to think he's got his best footy still ahead of him. Um, can be a nice medium-sized defender and will work well alongside the likes of Bailey Dale and Caleb Daniel. Um, and then they get themselves to the pretty early into the draft. You know, they traded away... The right picks, like the future first round pick, could bite them on the ass. But if they believe in they're, they're making their way straight back up the ladder, uh, that should work out quite nicely for them because you know they get an early draft selection in you know pick five anyway. So maybe it's a Nick Watson. I don't think Dersman would be available, and maybe it's a midfield like a Riley Sanders because they definitely don't need any key position guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, then they get Jordan Croft in anyway, who's a key forward as a father-son. So that's why they had to clear out those kind of second, that that later um, first round pick from from Brisbane. So they've they've done quite well to to kind of get themselves nicely positioned for the draft. Um, they've got a contending list. It's just underperforming. Mm-hmm. They lose Jordan Sweet, who they didn't really rely on this year. They've got Tim English and Rory Lobb. They'll probably add a Ruckman, whether that's through the draft or, or through, you know, other means. Um, but they'll, they'll probably need someone that, that can that like Sweet has maybe some experience, like a Scott Lysett, Sam Hayes type. Um, but yeah, that's it's a it's an all right window for them. They did what they needed to, I guess. They got the Sweet deal done, got an okay pick back, got Caulfield through the door, added some midfield depth, swapped their draft picks around, so now that they can get someone else ahead of Jordan Croft in the draft. So it's all yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So it should be challenging for finals again next year. They're just... It's, to me, they just have the most confusing list. I feel like they have 50 forwards and 50 midfielders, but yeah, um, yeah, they're just an interesting one to me. So, sure. um, so that is every team. Um, best performers from this year's trade period. Yeah, Sydney, pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think North just did their business quite nicely. Uh, any deal that they were kind of involved in, they, they just did well out of. Um, yeah, they're probably the two that come to mind yeah. um, as far as the, the better performers. Hawthorne are going to be an interesting one. Mm, Collingwood as well. But yeah, I'd say the Swans, just smart business, target-free agents, you know, do some cheap deals to get some good talent in the door. And Yeah. yeah. They just keep rolling. They give themselves a good chance every year. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's very frustrating. Um, and bigger surprises. So obviously Taylor Adams, I think. Was- yeah, Colling- Collingwood are. like A lot of it was on Collingwood with Ginevan yeah. and Adams. Uh, and Schultz, um, big surprises. Jack Gunston, be really interesting to see if Hawthorne actually wanted Jack Gunston. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's not going to cost him much. Uh, they do lose Brandon Ryan, so if he does turn into the player they were hoping he does, then that's going to really hurt. Um, yeah, it was mostly on Collingwood, just you know, kind of the deals that they ended up being involved in. No one saw coming at all. So, yeah, yeah, well. That's it. That's um, it. I think that wraps it up the trade period at 2023. It's been a very long night. It's been a very long trade period. It has. Um, we finally got through it. So uh, in terms of coverage on Zero Hanger, what's next? Well, yeah, so from Monday is, uh, is technically still trades. It's just pick swapping. So that'll, that'll run until November 10th, I think. So there's, there's 
picks that can get done. And it never ends. Yeah, never ends. <laughs> um, so that that could involve you know stuff like pick one, Geelong's yeah. pick eight. Um, you know, so maybe some just minor deals that get clubs up the order or prepare for twenty twenty four. And then we've got the draft, obviously, in, in November 2021. So we'll have some live draft coverage. We'll have plenty coming. I think there's a mock draft even coming this week. Yep. Um, our first edition mock draft. So that'll be one to, to look out for. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah, there's always a heap happening, even though we're past trade period in the, in the season itself. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we better get to bed. Thank you, Mitch, for uh, rolling through every trade. And thank you for watching. So... Don't forget, you can catch all the latest AFL news at zerohanger.com. Subscribe to the channel, follow us on all the socials, and we'll see you around.